Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. Today, though, today we got a special edition that we're going to do this solo with Michael Cooper and my boy AT. And what we're going to cover today is the Laker top 10 of all time. Anybody, when I say that, you have, you you will have had to have played five years or longer in a Laker uniform to be considered. So like that's that's good. Roll, okay, all right. That's a good criteria. So, uh, my list is a long list. I got uh, 22 names on my list. 22 could, names? 22 <laughs> Laker names. And we're going to go through and decipher which ones we think should be in that top 10. And it's going right. to get good. Okay. Uh, let me ask you something before we get started. Where do you think this list stacks up with other NBA teams all time? I think it's number one. Do I you? think the Lakers have had probably some of the greatest players that ever played this game come through this organization and play five or more years with this team. And I haven't even, you know what? The funny part about it is LeBron can't go on the list yet. I was wondering that. So that yeah. is that why you did five years? So that LeBron couldn't be on the list? <laughs> and AD. AD too. I think he's going to be a good one. But you know what? We'll take that for another day and another time and another year. Right now, this instance on April the 9th, a couple of, uh, what is it? I got uh, uh, six more days for my birthday. I'll be 65 years old. All right. Whoa. April 15th. Happy birthday, dude. Well, not yet. So I, I, I like being 64 still. So don't put another year on me when it's not needed right now. 65 is a good number though. Oh, very uh, good. Nice and so- round. So you're born in 1950, 56. 50, 56. Okay, 56. Okay. So, so was, as we get started with this Laker list, let me just, I'm going to name off everybody that I got written down, and you let me know if I miss someone. Because I thought 22 Mark, names, how could you miss anybody? Well, it, I, it's possible. Well, actually, I, Michael Thompson I missed, and, I, and he's a good one. But anyway, here we go. Okay. And no, I, one more thing. It, can this include Jerry Buss? Can it include Chick Hearn? Can I mean, oh, no. just now, players. That I have the best owner, the best GM, and the best coach. So I've broken it down. I've had some thought about yeah, that. That's I, easy. I, Dr. Boss, Dr. Boss, and Pat Riley. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's Dr. Bus, Jerry West, Pat yeah. Riley. Yeah, good call. Good call. Jerry's Dr. Bus. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Gail Goodrich, Jerry West, the late, great Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain. Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, James Worthy, Derek Fisher, Michael Cooper, Robert Ory, A.C. Green, Byron Scott, Pat Riley, Happy Hairston, Norm Nixon, Jamal Wilkes, Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Michael Thompson, Eldon Campbell. Did I leave anybody out? I don't think so. Now you got five years. Of, actually, I'll, I'll even lower it one more year, four years. One more. <laughs> That makes the difference. Now you've got like 45 more people getting it. <laughs> exactly. I'm try- off the top of my head, I don't think so. I mean, I have an idea of who I think the 10 best are. Okay. I, I got my little sheet here, and I haven't even written anything on it. I just got 10 players, 10 spots, and I'm going to let you, Ari, and we can squabble a little bit about it. We'll go, okay? And and they don't have to be in a, you know number one number two we just got to put the ten okay and then and then we can ra- and then we can order and then we, we can gotta, rank them okay, then okay. we'll rank them okay? okay we have to have an order okay so of that list I just named who would you put on the list um Kareem okay Magic yeah Kobe hold it sorry Kobe. Kareem Magic Kobe Shaq. Yep. Wilt. Yep. Elgin. Yep. Jerry West. Uh-huh. Did you have George Mikey on your list? No. See, that's another one. Gotta put him on there. George Mikan. Gail Goodrich. All right, you're cutting it really tight, man. Okay, you got George Mikan. <laughs> George That's Micah. nine. Gail Goodrich. Gail Goodrich. <laughs> He's eighth all time in scoring. His eight, the eighth most points in the history of the Lakers. And your and your last and your number and this ten is tough. player would be this is really tough. So this is the decision between. Not your host. You don't have to consider me. <laughs> well, I, but I am. I mean, worthy. Did you have you had Jamal Wilkes on there, didn't you? I had Jamal Wilkes in there too. So between Worthy, James Wilkes, and you, or Jamal Wilkes and you, uh, you're not you're not going to um, well, Worthy Worthy's sixth in the all time scoring list for the Lakers. Because right, you're be mad at you, you pick. You're not going to put yourself on the list, and right. so I feel like you're not going to put yourself on the list. So I feel like I should put you on the list. No, no, I, we need the top 10. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. The top 10. All right. So I got nine for now. We'll, we'll come back to this. We'll no, come back let's, to you got to put that 10 on. Let's talk about it. All right. James, Jay's worthy. Okay. That's who I was going to go with too. All right. So you have Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Shaq, Will, Elgin, Jerry West, George Mikan. Gail Goodrich and James Worthy. <laughs> How upset you are, Gail Goodrich. Okay, uh, that's a pretty good list, all right? Now, I'm just going to agree with you as we go down again, okay? Kareem, I agree with that. Magic, I agree with that one. Kobe, I definitely agree with that one. Shaq, I 
agree with that one. Ooh. Wilt, I agree with that one. Elgin Baylor, I agree with that one. Jerry West, I agree with that one. We're down to seven. George Mikan, I have a problem with that one. Okay. Gail Goodrich, I have a problem with that one. And James Worthy, I agree with that one. So there's two slots that are open. Let's say you could fill it with somebody. Who would your filler players be? Say you could replace them. The NBA season is back. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action at exclusive partner betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 to get your 50% bonus. That's 50% extra cash at sign up with code CLNS50. Get insights into all the NBA action across the season, plus all sports professions, collegiate as well as pop culture, and even reality television wagering. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the fun, in-season action at BetOnline. Don't forget to use my special Michael Cooper promo code of CLNS50 to get a 50% sign-up bonus with your first deposit. Bet online today at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. You could fill it with somebody. Who would your filler players be? Say you could replace them. I mean, it'd probably be more of the Showtime Lakers off the top of my head. Uh, probably with Byron Scott or... See, the thing is, I'd put you in over Fish. I think Fisher was sort of the, he was the modern, more modern. He was the more modern version of you, but I'd put you in over him. So I'd say Byron Scott and you. Okay. See, I say, uh, I say uh, uh, Jamal Wilkes. Yeah, and Wilkes I put myself. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I don't know why I was looking at, at Wilkes. That, that works. Yeah, and Jamal was, man, people don't realize how, Freaking good that guy was, man. He was really good as a player. What did you? What, what do you look at back in his career? What do you? Like, what stands out to you about how good he was? Like when you say people don't know how good he was, give me an idea of what that means. You know what? Uh, uh, the thing I always say about Jamal, you know, some players make basketball look hard. They make the game look very, very hard. I was watching the Laker Heat game last night. That was probably the ugliest game I've ever seen from some professional players. You had. Uh, 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 what's the name? Jimmy um, Butler. Who? Butler. Jimmy Butler. You had um, for the Lakers. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I was here. I am thinking like you're struggling to find, find the Heat players. You're like I can't yeah. think of the Lakers players. <laughs> but I, I've never seen a game so ugly. I mean, these guys were th- making easy plays look hard, throwing the ball away, missing wide open shots. So for me, when I think of Jamal Wilkes and I see how he played, and it was kind of like he reminds me of Elgin Baylor, they made the game look easy. Jamal didn't look like he was struggling at all. Even when he ran down the floor, Jamal looked like he was floating and just going out for a Sunday Silk. Jog. Silk. Silk, 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 man. And his jump shot was probably the ugliest jump shot, unorthodox and everything. But you know what? Coach Wooden coached this guy. He didn't change his shot, so he saw something in it. And I think the bottom line was, it's not how it gets up there, it's as long as it goes in. And Jamal yeah. took that thing over his head and twist. And, but you know what? He made that shot look easy. His layups, his movement on the court. Jamal would always put, during timeout, rosin on his hands. 
And for some reason, after timeout, for some reason, the first pass Magic threw to a player after timeout was Jamal. And he would throw it to him under the basket, and all you see was a pluff of smoke. The powder go up. Jamal would catch the ball and lay it in. You see a, powder, a little powder, a puff of smoke go up. Jamal truly, truly made this game look so effortlessly like he was just in a stroll or out just playing basketball by himself. And that's why I say that he probably, and, and again, because you got so many great players on this list, his name gets lost a little bit. But Jamal wasn't that type of person that would wanted to be out front. Jamal was content with being with the group sometimes behind the group, but we couldn't have won championships without him. I think you're right from a standpoint of it's hard to figure out who from Showtime to put on there, you know, because there's, I mean, we just went through all the names just from Showtime alone. You know, I mean, obviously Kareem and Magic are on there, but then I mean, think about Worthy, Wilkes, you, Wacey Green, Byron Scott, like, I mean, Norm Nixon, and obviously there's multiple eras of Showtime basketball, but, but it, that, that I think is why it's so difficult because you guys were so successful over such a long period of time with, with a lot of different players. So it's hard to for, sort of figure out who fits where and why. And that's why I kind of defer to you to that because you would, you'd probably have a good idea of that. I'm like you, it is hard to find a place, but you know what? You even go back to the seventies uh, with that Laker team that won in 72, that happy Harrison, a uh, very good, good basketball player. Again, remind me of Jamal Wilkes just went out, did his job, and Happy was grabbing 18, 20 rebounds through the course of a season at 6'7", 6'8". So he was a bull in himself. So you had a lot of players back then. And, of course, Gail Goodrich. You know, we took him off the list. But Gail, like you said, or as Chick used to call him, old Stumpy, because this guy was just just did his job. I hate left-handed players, Pick Barnett. <laughs> Gail Goodrich. I hate left-handed Willis Reed. I hate left-handed Bill Russell. I hate left-handed players, but you know what? They get the job done. And Gail Goodrich was a very good basketball player. So why, why not Gail on this list? I mean, you seemed very uh, upset about the idea of Gail going on this list. And how about George Mikan? Why not him either? Well, because you already said that is there's so many players from that eighties Lakers showtime that I'm in love with, yeah. you know, you love the guys I played with that, that I feel deserving. But again, I think you go back to when Mikan was playing in Minnesota, uh, in Minneapolis, excuse me. And then coming here to the Lakers, he was a, a force in his own back then, you know, at, at what, six eleven, seven feet tall. Mikan had it all, man. And he did everything. And you know, that's what the youth, I mean, the young people today, you miss that aspect. It, you know, you look at the film, the old film of him, you go like, wow, that's boring and stuff like that. But you got to realize at that time, that guy was dominating, man, for the time that he played in. And, you know, the people don't really realize a great player like Robert Parrish. All you hear is Bird, 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 Mikhail a little bit. Robert Parrish was a dominating player. So, you know, that's what we have to think about when we start going back into the old school mentality you have to take us back and I'm, I'm more so than than anybody remember those 60 days you know watching tv in 65 watching the lakers and bob Cousy. here's a player that dribbled one hand the whole way and people look at him now and you're like oh he couldn't play no that guy was a force when he played at that particular time and i would say with mike and too i mean he, he played a good portion of his career when black players weren't allowed to play i think the first black player played in 1950 so a good portion of Mike's career, I mean, you he, great player, but he, he wasn't playing against the best, of the best. And, and, you know, so I think you, it's hard. So you, think the bro- you think the brothers would have ate his lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
probably, but also at the same time, like if you're not playing against all of the best players in the world, you're only playing against the best white players in the world, then you're leaving a huge part of your, your talent base out. So it, Again, it definitely goes back to what we said. He was playing with what was put in front of him. Right. You know, again, it was unfortunate that a lot of blacks were in the league, but he was dominating the players that he had to play against. So you do have to recognize him for what he did. Except his glasses. I wasn't big on those. You know? <laughs> Who's an oaf? Brought those back. Okay, so we got our list. Uh, this is Showtime with Coop. Michael Cooper, you listening to it. We're going over the Lakers' top 10 all-time famous Laker basketball players that's played through the organization, you would have had to wear your uniform four years or more in order to be considered into this list. So now that we have our list of Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Shaq, Wilt, Elgin, Jerry West, George Mikan, Ferrari, Dale Goodrich, he's Ferrari, off. And, They're uh, off. James Worthy, but Michael Cooper and Jamal Wilkes were added on the list on my side of the, on yes. the, side of the tape. Now we're going to rank them. And this is where it's going to get fun now. Okay. So, all right, we're going to rank that list. Who would you say would be the number one? No, let's go number 10. Number 10. Okay. 10. Let's go number 10 on up. Who would go on that list for you at the number 10 slot? It's got to be either you or, or Jamal Wilkes. You got to pick. I'll go with Jamal Wilkes. Okay. I'm going to go you, actually. Nine. I'm going to go you. I'm going to go you at 10, Jamal Wilkes at nine. Okay. And then. And silk. Okay. I'll go uh, worthy at eight. Okay. Seven. This work gets tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably go Magic Cream, Kobe, Shaq, Will, Elgin, Jerry West. Probably, mm, 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 mm. probably go Elgin seven. Elgin at seven. No, Wilt at seven. Elgin at six. Sorry, I forgot about Wilt. Elgin at six. Wilt is still at seven. Five, I will go Jerry West. Jerry West. Okay. Four. Shaq. Shaq. Okay. Three. <laughs> three. Magic. Okay. Two. Kobe. One. Kareem. Kareem. It's an easy list. Everybody easy out list. there, you got Ari's top 10, and he's ranking them in this order. Number one, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Number two, the great Kobe Bryant. Number three, Magic Johnson. Number four, Shaq. Number five, Jerry West. Number six, Elgin Baylor. Number seven, Wilt the Stilt, who slayed 2,500 women in his career. Uh, number eight, Worthy... <laughs> Number nine, Jamal, smoothest silk, Wilkes. And number 10, Michael Cooper. Okay, here goes my list, all right? Number 10, I'm going Jamal Wilkes. Number nine, I'm going to go James Worthy. Woo, I like this. I like it. Number eight, I'm going to go Shaquille O'Neal. 
And the only reason for that, all right, because he couldn't shoot free throws, man. Shot, I mean, you can file him and the guy was questionable. That's the only he reason. Sh- he could not shoot free throws. Oof. Number seven, I'm going to go Wilt. Wilt the still at number seven. Number six, I'm going to go Elgin Baylor. Number five. Number five, I'm going to go, I'll go Magic. Ooh. Yeah, Magic number five. You have him that low because he won't come on the show? Is that why? Huh? You have him at five because he won't come on the show? Is that why? <laughs> no. <laughs> number four. Okay, hold it. I just messed up for a minute. Number eight. Number eight would be Silk. I'm sorry overworthy number four would be Shaq number four would be Shaq and who's 10 number three we're missing somebody you're missing Kobe Kareem and you I didn't put myself on there well, who's your 10 then? Oh, okay. That's not, here it is. Here it is. My 10 is Gail Goodrich. Okay. Gail Goodrich is my number 10. Y- you were you were laughing at me for having him on the list. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a big scorer. A guy, like I said, I hate him, but you know what? You gotta give him his due. I give him that. Number right, so three. Jerry West, Kobe, and Matt and Kareem. My number one is Kareem. I gotta go with him. Number two, Kobe. Number three. Yeah, Gary. Jerry West. Okay, so let me ask you something. You look at a lot of these lists online. The LA Times has it, right? Bleacher. Everybody's got top 10 Lakers of all time. Most have Kobe one. Why do you have Kobe two? I mean, I, I agree with you. So I, and I have my own rationale, but why, why Kobe two and Kareem one? Because, and again, I think it's almost like uh, like the Hall of Fame. I'm looking at their body of work, what he did when he played. And you got to look at what Kareem did. Kareem has led two teams to championships. He went and played with the Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, he was Oscar Robinson and some other talented players back there. But he single-handedly carried that team to a championship that year. Um, then he comes to the Lakers. And the thing about Kareem, to me, that makes him the most dominating Laker player and probably the most dominating figure that's ever played this game in the NBA is that he had a shot that nobody could block. Nobody. Nobody could block the sky hook. It didn't matter if there was a double team, a triple team. I I have seen that myself, saw it. Houston Rockets. Elijah Wan, Ralph Sampson, and Robert Reed were all, when we threw the ball in the all of them was around Kareem. Kareem put the sky hook on them. Celtics, Robert Parrish, uh, McHale, and Dennis Johnson dropping into his lap. Danny Ainge, Larry Burkham, he still skyhooked them into oblivion. And I hate the Celtics, so I'm glad. That's why I use that word, oblivion. <laughs> For me, if you doubled or triple team Kobe, he had to pass. He had to. I mean, he could force up a shot, a fall away, but it would be a, a forced shot, a, a shot that probably he makes more than he misses, but I'm going to take my chances on that. With Kareem, all you could do was force him out a little bit further 
And I think the greatest shot I've ever saw Kareem hit was in 1987, no, 85, in the Boston Garden on the, on the uh, right side of the key, close to the Boston's bench. Shot clock was running down. Parrish had pushed Kareem. No, McHale was on him. McHale had pushed Kareem out to about 16, 17 feet, man. Kareem took that ball, man, and wound baseline going toward the backboard. And he sky hooked that shot, man. And it went in like somebody's jumper. That to me is unstoppable. You it didn't matter what side of the floor he was on. And another thing that makes Kareem great to me is that people don't realize Kareem was a good ball handler when he was younger. When he played with the butt, there was times he'd grab a rebound or block somebody's shot, wouldn't block it. He'd grab it out of the air, take it down the whole way to the floor, and would dunk it or pass it off. Cream could do it all, but the thing he understood was his, his value to our team, which was down the low post. Kareem made other players better. Kobe made some players better, but Kobe couldn't make everybody better. Kareem made other players better. And I, that's why I give him the one, number one nod. But you know what? When you put up 81, I don't care who you are, who's on the floor. When you put up 81 points, that alone puts you in the top top three spots on any, any, any list you want to go on. Kobe was more selfish too, you know, and, and I mean, look at the, the breakup between Kobe and Shaq, look at how Kareem and magic blended together. Like those could have been similar situations. Kareem deferred his ego for the betterment of the team. Kobe did for a few years with Shaq, but was unwilling to do that over time. And, and then you look at, I mean, Kobe's great. He's an all time great player, but you look at the end of his career too, where he's kind of, dragging the Lakers along and, and, you know, ego still got in the way. So I, to me, I, that's, that's your point about the skyhook is, is fantastic. And your point about Kareem making everybody better is fantastic. And I agree with all that. And I also think it's, it's Kareem created a, an environment conducive to winning and not to say that Kobe didn't, but he didn't as, for as long or as, as much as, as Kareem did. You know, people talk a lot about a big three and you talk about, Clay Thompson, Curry, Durant. You talk about Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade, LeBron in Miami. You talk about Bob Cousy, uh, Bill Russell, and John Havlicek uh, uh, in the 60s. People forget that the Lakers had the first original big three that was getting it done every single night in Will Chamberlain, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor. And the fun part about those guys, and I don't know, I can't really speak too much uh, on whether there was likes or dislikes. Obviously, there was some dislike up in Golden State with Durant and Draymond Green, that whole process there. Obviously, Dwayne Wade and them broke up. I don't know what happened there. But I can tell you this from firsthand knowledge. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain enjoyed playing with each other every single night. And that's why, you know, you have those three on here, but it makes me look at the league overall on how can great players come together, get along, and make it happen. And your, your example is perfect. Kobe, no way you let Shaq get out of L.A. No way. You, you have to suck it up. Or you have to do something. But you have to get along with this guy because you know what? You don't win a championship without that ball going into the paint. You don't win a championship without Shaq's presence down there in the low post, whether it's offensively or defensively. And some players don't have that ability to suck it up. But, you know, Kobe was a great player. Not saying that he wasn't, 
right. selfish. Yes, he was. But I just think that he could have gotten more championships had he just kind of like found a way to bridge that gap between him and Shaq. And I think that's probably, and you could speak to this better than I could, obviously, but that's probably one of the more underappreciated parts of being successful in the game of basketball is understanding I have a role to play and I might not love my role, but it's important that I play my role for the betterment of the team. It is deferring ego. Everybody, everybody in the NBA has an ego. I mean, even the, the bar bouncer has a big ego, right? Everybody's got egos, but, but it's, it's about deferring your ego to understand the overall goal of winning championships. And that's what like, you think about great teams that get together with great players and it doesn't always work because there's, there's a component of, I want to get my own. Oh, why is this guy taking last shot? I mean, all of those things, like it is so it's the most important part of winning. And I mean, you were a part of that with Showtime too. For sure. But you look at the Celtics, Maxwell, Cedric Maxwell was starting when he saw his athleticism diminishing a little bit. He goes to the bench because they bring in Mikhail. What do they get? They get Mikhail Bird and Paris a huge front line scott wedman could have been a starter on any other team but you know what he 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 uh sucked his ego up and you know what what's best for me is coming off the bench okay they could have started him but you know what the best combination they had was danny ainge and uh, dennis johnson i think it would have been better with dennis johnson and wedman wedman was a way better shooter but ainge did a little bit more so you're right all right you have to uh become selfless to give to the team in order to win. And that's why the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers, that rivalry we created and and went through, that is probably one of the greatest rivalries in the 80s. And I'm not saying that the 60s weren't good, the Celtics and Lakers, but the things that we were able to do and the way people saw people give of themselves for the team, team meaning together, everyone achieves more. Mm -hmm. Those are what people remember. And that's why anywhere I go, walking on the street. A lot of people in Los Angeles don't like the Lakers. I had a guy write me, I mean, don't like the Celtics. I had a guy write me the other day for a card. He wanted me to sign his card. And I, he wrote me this long letter. And it's from Bob from Boston. He said, Michael Cooper? No, seriously. He said, Michael Cooper, would you sign my card? I got kids. I'm, I'm doing a collection for them, this or that. And then at the very end, he goes, you know what? I always hated you and the Lakers. It took me 35 years to really understand and to appreciate what you guys were and the type of player that you were to guard Larry Bird. I want to thank you for that. Wow. You know, those are the things that I appreciate. Those are cards. I actually sent the guy something else more than he was expected. So I hope he likes it. But that's what people are used to sitting in the stands and watching. Yes, this is my team, but I also have to understand who they're playing against and respect that fact. And that's why people will always remember Boston Celtics and Los Angeles Lakers not from the 60s, not from the 70s, but from the 80s. Yeah. And I also think like at the time, I mean, we've even had these discussions with, with Maxwell here where it's like there was, you know, like people, people are like, oh, do you guys really not like each other? Like, yeah, I mean, then you guys really did not like each other. And it's only now where I think everybody sort of understands that historical perspective where you can, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, put that aside and be like, that's amazing. I and mean, the NBA's growth, the, the unbelievable salaries, like so, I mean, it's so t- the sixties, they, they have their part and the seventies have their part, but the NBA blew up in the eighties and it blew up because of Showtime and the Celtics. That's that there's, there's just no question about that. So I think there's, and there are things about those teams that don't really exist in the NBA anymore. And I think that we look back and think that there's a beauty in that there's an artistry in that and, and getting all those great players to play and to buy in. Cause you just don't get that anymore. Now you get guys 
that if they're coming off the bench, I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather be somewhere else where I'm going to start and get mine. And I mean, you, you had that to a certain degree in the eighties too, but it, it's not the same. It feels like it's so much more widespread than it was back then. And, and so I do think that there's this historical perspective that fans and even the players have to, to recognize that, that there's a beauty in that. And there's an artistry to that, 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 that will never exist anymore. You know what? I think today's players really owe every player, every team in the eighties, a greater data gratitude for the amount of money that they're making. Um, we, and you hit it right, Ari, in the eighties, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson helped create the phenom- phenomenon that is happening now because of their uh, commitment to team and coming to play hard and not taking days off and not this low management. You know, Larry only sat out when his back was bothering him. If Magic sat out because he broke his index finger, he's going for a pass. I mean, but you know what? He came back four days before because he enjoyed playing. We all enjoy playing the game. And the one thing we had is a respect and a commitment to the fans. People were paying to see us play. So as Dr. Buss said, I want Showtime to entertain the entertainers. And that's what we did. And I think every team, Detroit, much as I hated them, the Celtics, love to hate them. Milwaukee, every team in the NBA in the 80s came to play. And yes, the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics at the end, but it was fun playing against these other teams on our way to hopefully getting the chance to play them in the finals. Well, Ari, that's another wrap, baby. We got another one in the can. You have been listening to Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS. But this time, not with any like my teammates or NBA legends. This was my boy AT, and I think we did it pretty good. We got our Laker all-time list. We kind of varied a little bit on one or two players, but pretty much we were consistent with the ones that we think. Laker organization has always been one of family. Boston Celtics, I think the same. But it's all about fun and enjoyment, and um, it was a good time, Ari. I, and I agree with you, by the way. I mean, you could certainly make the case that the Celtics – in terms of all time players, but I, th- I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's any team in sports, quite frankly, that has the players of this magnitude that played for their franchise and, and not only just played, but won championships or a championship in the case of Wilt with this team. I mean, you think about Wilt, Kareem and Shaq, just those three alone are considered three of the greatest big men ever to play. Yep. And they all played and won championships with Lakers Kobe and Magic, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, the, the Lakers, when I think about it, you think about the greatest organizations in sports, and maybe the Yankees are there in terms of, you know, all-time great players, but I, I put the Lakers there too just because you, you, less players on a roster than, than considered to be, uh, compared to baseball. Hey, we want our fans out there to listen to an upcoming podcast because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it out on today's show. Ooh. I got Jerry West coming up next week. I talked to him yesterday. Yes. Somebody who I love, somebody who I love, and I got a chance to talk to him, and he has committed to coming on uh, in the next week or two, Spencer Haywood. Spencer Haywood was probably one of the greatest high school players to come from high school straight to the pros, and we're going to have the wood in the house. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Jerry West. And yeah, Spencer Haywood's probably got a lot of great stories. Oh, I'm going to get uh, him out of him too. Even when he fell asleep and, and got kicked off the Laker team, I'm going to bring it all up. And Wood is fell asleep. He got <laughs> fell asleep in quotes. <laughs> got that coming up. Again, to our fans out there, keep listening to the Coop Podcast. Hey, we're out of here.